0: MonsterKidRadio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Bryce, and Joel Hodgson. Listen to discussions about movies like *Creature from the Black Lagoon*, *Island of Terror*, and *King Kong*. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival. Classic monsters, modern talk, and the head of Rondo Hatton. Only on Monster Kid Radio!
1: Greetings, everyone. This is I, D.B. Spitzer, here once again to talk to you about something spooky. Actually, I'm not going to talk to you about something spooky. Dave from Dave's Corner of the Universe will talk to you about something spooky. Uh, Thanks again for listening to Black Clock Audio Tales. You can check us out anywhere you find podcasts for the most part. Rate, review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere cool like that. You can help out the show by going to pgttcm.com and becoming a patron through our patron program, not through Patreon, but through pgttcm.podbean.com where the RSS feed hits the sea. And also, why not go to our sponsor at bunnyslippers.com or founditemclothing.com, get a cool t-shirt, get some slippers, Stay warm this winter, look cool this summer if you're, you know, in Australia or New Zealand or Chile. And, you know, just have a cool time. Be cool dudes, be rad babies, and just soak up the sun and fight that chill. Okay, enough of me rambling. Have some David Heath. He's going to tell you an anti-ghost story. And check him out at Dave's Corner of the Universe. He'll tell you more about that. Thank you so much.
2: My name is David Heath, and I run a blog called Dave's Corner of the Universe. Early October, uh, D.B. Spitzer approached me about doing a ghost story for this blog, and I offered to give him what I call the anti-ghost story. There's no real way to tell the story other than just jump in and tell it. About five years ago, I was driving to work one day in Gresham, Oregon, Which is best, I think, described as blue collar Portland. When up ahead, I see this woman to the right walking on the sidewalk. Uh, She's tallish, has short hair that's somewhere between red and brown, uh, wearing a black t shirt, black shorts, and boots. Prettier, I probably would have just ignored her with, you know, just all the other things you see when you're driving down the street. I pass a, a green light that comes into a T, and for just a split second, I look to my left just to make sure nobody's going to run the red light and, and ram into me. I focus back on the road, and the woman is gone, just vanished, and there's no place that she could have run off to or, or no building she could have ducked into. She just literally vanished in front of my very eyes. Now, there's a little bit of a problem with this now some of you who know me at least peripherally might think that's kind of strange i mean if buffy the vampire slayer was a real world life then i would definitely be on the watchers council i can tell you almost every ufo reporting or ghost story that exists In the last, you know, five, six decades, I'm an expert on cryptozoology. Yet, in reality, I'm agnostic about it. I've even been called a hypocrite because I know so much about Fortean creatures and the supernatural, yet I don't really think it exists in this world. I'm pretty open in the fact that I believe that you know, that I study supernatural as folklore, as something that is said, but not quite necessarily real. Now, this is what I think is the most important part of my worldview is. What I do not do is immediately assume that people who say they've had supernatural encounters or the paranormal or ghosts do not think they're insane or crazy or that they're making it up, the complete opposite. I think that they had in most cases, and yes, there's some fakes and hoaxes and liars, but you know what, that's really the minority. I think that in most cases, these people had an experience. And to some cases, this was a life-changing experience, that literally their life took a different route because of this. Good or bad depends on the individual and what happened. But this is something that is real to me. Classic example. I have a friend who was fishing up in Washington State. And he claims that a Bigfoot walked right in front of him. Just kept walking, looked at him, ignored him, and kept walking away. And when he tells the story at the end, bluntly, he says... You know, I saw it. I know what I saw. I know what happened to me. And I don't really care what other people think. And to me, that's just proof. He absolutely believes in what he saw. And at the same point, intellectually, I find it hard to believe that this greater mammal still lives in the Pacific Northwest After hundreds and hundreds of years, we haven't gotten a living specimen. It's just almost impossible for me to accept Sasquatch, at least in the way that it's traditionally accepted that this hairy, huge primate that we cannot identify through science. Yet, my friend saw something very real just as I saw something very real that five years ago on that road in Gresham. But intellectually, I don't think it's what we jump in and we assume it is. So once we eliminate the logical possibilities, a hoax, a person in a costume, uh, the woman went in a door that I didn't see, Once we basically get rid of the logical explanations, we're allowed a certain degree of paranormal examples. And what I mean by that is that there are certain possibilities that even though maybe the majority of Americans don't necessarily believe in, we're willing to give a little bit of play the gray aliens that we see in X-Files and Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind, we're willing to more accept a story about that than, say, a story about fairies. We're willing to accept that maybe a primate lives in North America that we just haven't caught yet. As to the Native American stories, which more have them like furry angels... When I say that a woman disappeared in front of me, my mind, even me, the skeptic, starts thinking, Ghost. But is there any more evidence or lack of evidence? She could be a time traveler. She could be trickster god who's trying to play with my mind. Or a fairy. Or a unicorn or dragon assuming the form of a human being or uh, a witch or a wizard. But if I come to you and I say, I saw this thing and this woman disappeared in front of me and I don't believe in ghosts, but I'm almost thinking that maybe it was a ghost. That's much more acceptable than me to say, "Hey, this woman disappeared in front of me. I think she was an anthropmorphic version of a unicorn. I mean, I've got as much evidence to support either arguments. But ghosts are accepted. We Even though we may not believe in ghosts ourselves, we're not going to correct. A co worker who said that her grandmother, after her grandmother died, she could see her grandmother's favorite rocking chair rock. Even if we, by itself, even if we don't necessarily believe in ghosts, part because this person is probably going through a grieving process, but part of it is, well, you know what? Maybe that's a culturally accepted possibility. Not saying yes, but. Maybe. So, if I say that the Reverend Robert Kirk, who wrote The Secret Commonwealth about fairies, was kidnapped by fairies in the 1600s or whenever he disappeared, I'm a bit of a kook. But if I say, I think Travis Walton was abducted by aliens, then, you know, Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I mean, we can have this intellectual discord where we can agree to disagree if it's under certain things. And so if I think that this was a ghost, well, okay, maybe, maybe not. I think that this was Queen... Titania coming and slumming in the earth, uh, decided to check out the pleasures of Portland. Eh, I'm billed as a crazy person, or if I'm making enough of mon- money, I'm eccentric. And if I tell someone this story, and they agree with me that there's no rational reason, you know, the, that the woman went down a well or something bizarre like that, but You know, I've checked the area. It's pretty solid. There's no place you could have disappeared to. Most people I told this to jump to the conclusion that it's a ghost. Even if they don't believe it, or believe in ghosts, the possibility pops up because it's, to a degree, culturally acceptable. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't people out there who have lost friends or jobs or been branded crazy because they say they saw a ghost. You know, that does happen. But as a counterpoint, most of us have had someone tell us that they've had some sort of ghostly experience. And even if we didn't believe it was a ghost, we thought that, they you know, they were grieving or a trick of the light or something. We didn't automatically brand them insane because of one ghost story. So Dave my friend, if it wasn't a ghost, and it wasn't Queen Titania, and it wasn't a trick of the light, and it wasn't a human being going around a corner very quickly, what was it that you saw on that day on the road? And I believe that I discovered what that is in Mike Dash's amazing book on the paranormal, Borderlands. Now... Mike is not a Fortean, he's not a parapsychologist, he is a historian and a writer, and his book is probably the most thorough, most jam-packed book full of stories of anything I've read about the supernatural. It's kind of what Charles Fort wanted to do. If Charles Fort was maybe not as enamored with the... what we named after him, the 14 effects, uh, as he was. Dash is much more of a neutral historic historian's eye on the concept. And time... Again and again, he is going to encounter things from modern people, many of which he can explain, but just seem psychotic. Uh, giant shrimp monsters on the bottom of their apartment, uh, talking elves, as acceptable as a ghost story, or a UFO sighting, or even, you know, an encounter with Sasquatch. And things were just darn sound crazy. But Dash says, you know, I talked to many of these people. They're not crazy. So what happened? His conclusion was in many cases, and there were things that he even he couldn't explain, but in many occasions these were altered states of consciousness. Now, altered states of consciousness are many things, but what they are not is insanity. These are your mind giving you an vision. These are things in your subconscious that are presenting themselves. These are often guidance. In fact, I think in non-Western society, under many names, these are considered normal. They may be messages from God. They may be messages from the ancestors. They are extremely common, I think, in a society that does not try to suppress them like we do in modern Western American society. In fact, I will even go as far as say, personally, I believe they are the exact opposite of insanity in the fact that it's mentally healthy to experience these events. But us suppressed logical Americans and Western Europe too, I suppose, um, we don't accept them. They're not healthy. They're a sign of insanity when they're possibly maybe answers to questions that we have what was the woman on the road the answer to my question who knows i was going through a very painful divorce at the time maybe it was something about my subconscious about that relationship or or women in general that i wasn't dealing with because of my pain in america i think we are very suppressed We don't deal with our emotions, we don't deal with our conflicts, and it makes sense to me that there are these things that we're not dealing with are trying to occasionally get out and give us a guided message. And we turn to believe that they are paranormal or they are divine. Now yes the fact that I was so repressed that I had to have this vision while I was driving concerns me yes and I admit that this theory doesn't cover things like bigfoot footprints or close encounters of the second kind where there seems to be some sort of physical evidence and I'm not saying that this is a pan- you know a panacean and explanation to every supernatural thing that's reported. But it might be. I'm I don't. I'm not saying it's not. But what I am saying is that it does explain to me what I saw. It makes sense to me that people can see the Loch Ness Monster and really believe that they've seen it but we pretty much drag the lake and there's nothing there. This makes sense to me. And again, it's not insanity. This is our brain working at a different status, a different conscious status. We can hold jobs, we can have relationships, we can experience everything that we do in society and still have these envisions. And I think well, that the people who do have these visions, they are absolutely as real and important as if it was a physical manifestation from another universe, be it a spiritual universe or an alien universe. My name is David Heath, and I run Dave's Corner of the Universe, and you've been listening to my anti-ghost story.